Chapter Twenty Three of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume Two, Twenty Years After, by Alexander Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The timely arrival of D'Artagnan in Paris. At Blois, D'Artagnan received the money paid to him by Mazarin for any future service he might render the cardinal. From Blois to Paris was a journey of four days for ordinary travelers, but D'Artagnan arrived on the third day at the Barrière Saint-Denis. In turning the corner of the Rue Montmartre, in order to reach the Rue Ticoton in the Hotel de la Chevrette, where he had appointed Porthos to meet him, he saw at one of the windows of the hotel that friend himself dressed in a sky-blue waistcoat, embroidered with silver and gaping, till he showed every one of his white teeth, whilst the people passing by admiringly gazed at this gentleman, so handsome and so rich, who seemed to weary of his riches and his greatness. D'Artagnan and Planchet had hardly turned the corner when Porthos recognized them. "'Hey, D'Artagnan!' he cried. "'Thank God you have come!' "'Hey, good day, dear friend,' replied D'Artagnan. Porthos came down at once to the threshold of the hotel. "'Ah, my dear friend,' he cried, "'what bad stabling for my horses here!' "'Indeed,' said D'Artagnan, "'I am most unhappy to hear it on account of those fine animals.' "'And I also, I was also wretchedly off,' he answered, moving backward and forward as he spoke. "'And had it not been for the hostess?' he added with his air of vulgar self-complacency who is very agreeable and understands a joke i should have got a lodging elsewhere the pretty madeleine who had approached during this colloquy stepped back and turned pale as death on hearing porthos's words for she thought the scene with the swiss was about to be repeated but to her great surprise d'artagnan remained perfectly calm and instead of being angry he laughed and said to porthos yes i understand the air of la rue ticaton is not like that of pierrefond but console yourself i will soon conduct you to one much better when will you do that immediately i hope ah so much the better to that exclamation of porthos's succeeded a groan low and profound which seemed to come from behind a door d'artagnan who had just dismounted then saw outlined against the wall the enormous stomach of mousqueton whose down-drawn mouth emitted sounds of distress and you too my poor monsieur mouston are out of place in this poor hotel are you not asked d'artagnan in that rallying tone which may indicate either compassion or mockery he finds the cooking detestable replied porthos why then doesn't he attend to it himself as at Chantilly. Ah, monsieur, I have not here, as I had there, the ponds of monsieur le prince, where I could catch those beautiful carp, nor the forests of his highness to provide me with partridges. As for the cellar, I have searched every part, and poor stuff I found. Monsieur Mouston, said D'Artagnan, I should indeed condole with you had I not at this moment something very pressing to attend to. Then taking Porthos aside, My dear Du Vallon, he said, here you are in full dress, most fortunately, for I am going to take you to the cardinal's. Gracious me! Really? 
exclaimed Porthos, opening his great wondering eyes. Yes, my friend. A presentation? Indeed. Does that alarm you? No, but it agitates me. Oh, don't be distressed. You have to deal with a cardinal of another kind. This one will not oppress you by his dignity. Tis the same thing. You understand me, D'Artagnan, a court. There's no court now, alas. The queen? I was going to say there's no longer a queen. The queen. Rest assured, we shall not see her. And you say that we are going from here to the Palais Royal? Immediately. Only that there may be no delay, I shall borrow one of your horses. Certainly. All the four are at your service. Oh, I need only one of them for the time being. Shall we take our valets? Yes, you may as well take Mousqueton. As to Planchet, he has certain reasons for not going to court. And what are they? Oh, he doesn't stand well with his eminence. Mouston, said Porthos, saddle Vulcan and Bayard. And for myself, monsieur, shall I saddle Rostaud? No, take a more stylish horse, Phoebus or Superbi. We are going with some ceremony. Ah, said Mousqueton, breathing more freely. You are only going, then, to make a visit? Oh, yes, of course, Mouston, nothing else. But to avoid risk, put the pistols in the holsters. You will find mine on the saddle, already loaded. Mouston breathed a sigh. He could not understand visits of ceremony made under arms. Indeed, said Porthos, looking complacently at his old lackey as he went away. You are right, D'Artagnan. Mouston will do. Mouston has a very fine appearance. D'Artagnan smiled. But you, my friend, are you not going to change your dress? No, I shall go as I am. This traveling dress will serve to show the cardinal my haste to obey his commands. They set out on Vulcan and Bayard, followed by Mousqueton on Phoebus, and arrived at the Palais Royal at about a quarter to seven. The streets were crowded, for it was the day of Pentecost, and the crowd looked in wonder at these two cavaliers, one as fresh as if he had come out of a bandbox, the other so covered with dust that he looked as if he had but just come off a field of battle. Mousqueton also attracted attention, and as the romance of Don Quixote was then the fashion, they said that he was Sancho, who, after having lost one master, had found two. On reaching the palace, D'Artagnan sent to his eminence the letter in which he had been ordered to return without delay. He was soon ordered to the presence of the cardinal. "'Courage!' he whispered to Porthos as they proceeded. "'Do not be intimidated. Believe me, the eye of the eagle is closed forever. We have only the vulture to deal with. Hold yourself as bolt upright as on the day of the bastion of St. Gervais, and do not bow too low to this Italian. That might give him a poor idea of you.' "'Good,' answered Porthos. "'Good.' Mazarin was in his study, working at a list of pensions and benefices, of which he was trying to reduce the number. He saw D'Artagnan and Porthos enter with internal pleasure, yet showed no joy in his countenance. "'Ah!' 
you is it monsieur le lieutenant you have been very prompt tis well welcome to ye thanks my lord here i am at your eminence's service as well as monsieur du vallon one of my old friends who used to conceal his nobility under the name of porthos porthos bowed to the cardinal a magnificent cavalier remarked mazarin porthos turned his head to the right and to the left and drew himself up with a movement full of dignity the best swordsman in the kingdom my lord said d'artagnan porthos bowed to his friend mazarin was as fond of fine soldiers as in later times frederick of prussia used to be he admired the strong hands the broad shoulders and the steady eye of porthos he seemed to see before him the salvation of his administration and of the kingdom sculptured in flesh and bone he remembered that the old association of musketeers was composed of four persons and your two other friends he asked porthos opened his mouth thinking it a good opportunity to put in a word in his turn d'artagnan checked him by a glance from the corner of his eye they are prevented at this moment but will join us later mazarin coughed a little and this gentleman being disengaged takes to the service willingly he asked yes my lord and from pure devotion to the cause for monsieur de bracieux is rich rich said mazarin whom that single word always inspired with a great respect fifty thousand francs a year said porthos these were the first words he had spoken from pure zeal resumed mazarin with his artful smile from pure zeal and devotion then my lord has perhaps no faith in these words said d'artagnan have you monsieur le gascon asked mazarin supporting his elbows on his desk and his chin on his hands i replied the gascon i believe in devotion as a word at one's baptism for instance which naturally comes before one's proper name every one is naturally more or less devout certainly but there should be at the end of one's devotion something to gain and your friend for instance what does he expect to have at the end of his devotion well my lord my friend has three magnificent estates that of Vallon at corbeille that of bracieux in the soissonnet and that of pierrefond in the valois now my lord he would like to have one of these three estates erected into a barony only that said mazarin his eyes twinkling with joy on seeing that he could pay for porthos's devotion without opening his purse only that that can be managed i shall be a baron exclaimed porthos stepping forward i told you so said d'artagnan checking him with his hand and now his eminence confirms it and you monsieur d'artagnan what do you want my lord said d'artagnan it is twenty years since cardinal de richelieu made me lieutenant yes and you would be gratified if cardinal mazarin should make you captain d'artagnan bowed well that is not impossible we will see gentlemen we will see now monsieur du vallon said mazarin 
what service do you prefer in the town or in the country porthos opened his mouth to reply my lord said d'artagnan monsieur de vallon is like me he prefers service extraordinary that is to say enterprises that are considered mad and impossible that boastfulness was not displeasing to mazarin he fell into meditation and yet he said i must admit that i sent for you to appoint you to quiet the service i have certain apprehensions well what is the meaning of that in fact a great noise was heard in the antechamber at the same time the door of the study was burst open and a man covered with dust rushed into it exclaiming my lord the cardinal my lord the cardinal mazarin's thought that someone was going to assassinate him and he drew back pushing his chair on the casters d'artagnan and porthos moved so as to plant themselves between the person entering and the cardinal well sir exclaimed mazarin what's the matter and why do you rush in here as if you were about to penetrate a crowded market-place my lord replied the messenger i wish to speak to your eminence in secret i am monsieur de Poix, an officer in the guards on duty at the donjon of vincennes mazarin perceiving by the paleness and agitation of the messenger that he had something of importance to say made a sign that d'artagnan and porthos should give place d'artagnan and porthos withdrew to a corner of the cabinet speak monsieur speak at once said mazarin what is the matter the matter is my lord that the duc de beaufort has contrived to escape from the chateau of vincennes mazarin uttered a cry and became paler than the man who had brought the news he fell back almost fainting in his chair escaped monsieur de beaufort escaped my lord i saw him run off from the top of the terrace and you did not fire on him he was out of range monsieur de chavigny where was he absent and la ramee was found locked up in the prisoner's room a gag in his mouth and a poniard near him but the man who was under him was an accomplice of the duke's and escaped along with him mazarin groaned my lord said d'artagnan advancing toward the cardinal it seems to me that your eminence is losing precious time it may still be possible to overtake the prisoner france is large the nearest frontier is sixty leagues distant and who is to pursue him cried mazarin i pardieu and you would arrest him why not you would arrest the duc de beaufort armed in the field if your eminence should order me to arrest the devil i would seize him by the horns and would bring him in so would i said porthos so would you said mazarin looking with astonishment at these two men but the duke will not yield himself without a furious battle very well said d'artagnan his eyes aflame battle it is a long time since we have had a battle eh porthos battle cried porthos and you think you can catch him 
yes if we are better mounted than he go then take what guards you find here and pursue him you command us my lord to do so and i sign my orders said mazarin taking a piece of paper and writing some lines monsieur de ballon your barony is on the back of the duc de beaufort's horse you have nothing to do but to overtake it as for you my dear lieutenant i promise you nothing but if you bring him back to me dead or alive you may ask all you wish to horse porthos said d'artagnan taking his friend by the hand here i am smiled porthos with his sublime composure they descended the staircase taking with them all the guards they found on their road and crying out to arms to arms and immediately put spur to horse which set off along the rue saint honore with the speed of the whirlwind well baron i promise you some good exercise said the gascon yes my captain as they went the citizens awakened left their doors and the street dogs followed the cavaliers barking at the corner of the cemetery st jean d'artagnan upset a man it was too insignificant an occurrence to delay people so eager to get on the troop continued its course as though their steeds had wings alas there are no unimportant events in this world and we shall see that this apparently slight incident came near endangering the monarchy end of chapter twenty four recording by john van stan savannah georgia